We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge apply. Ctmobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. It's time for the latest on the Brewers, Bucks, and Packers with the Fan Afternoon Show on 1250 AM, The Fan. The Fan Afternoon Show. Thanks for listening on 1250 AM, The Fan. I'm Kevin Holden. You probably know me from my day job at uh, CBS 58, working in the sports department there. But folks here at 1250 AM, The Fan, gracious enough to have me in all this week with Sam Schmitz. It's it's awesome. It's like being in like a Lamborghini, and I don't have to worry about crashing it because you're driving. Exa- well, I mean, it's the whole week, and this is only day one. Like, imagine how we're going to be on Friday. Oh, just loopy. Oh, man. I mean, just look at our draft mockery today. <laughs> I mean, you and I have exchanged Twitter profile pictures before the first show even started. <laughs> we're, uh, I mean, part of the reason, you know, I, I love Rami and all that, but part of the reason, you know, our show was as good as it was because sometimes we would just look at each other and we'd just be like, this show is so stupid. <laughs> but that's what made it great. That's good. It's, so we're it's, diving back into those. It's fun. You love that for sure. Uh, again, folks, thanks for uh, thanks for listening in. Thanks for joining us here. This show brought to you in part by News Nation. Want the news without the noise? News Nation is news for all of America. Reporting all sides, no spin and no agendas. Go to newsnationnow.com slash join us to find News Nation on your television provider. It's pick a lane time. Got to pick a lane. We... Here's the thing, like this is supposed to be like first show with us, no brewers and whatever today, but I don't feel like we were in stall mode at all today. Like we're talking no, no. some stuff. And we have a bunch of other topics, non Wisconsin sports related too, that we'll get to towards the end of the show as well. So we yeah, for a Monday, I mean guests, topics, everything. We came in guns a blazing. It's great. Okay, so for Pick a Lane, you, you you may want to take the rookie through this a little bit. So for Pick a Lane, if you guys were weren't able to listen, you just got off work. You know, wife was talking to you, boss wanted you to, you know, brought you in for a meeting and all that, and you didn't get a chance to talk to us about the Brewers, about this being the anniversary of Giannis's draft pick and all that. Well, now's your time to do it. So without further ado, allow us to reset the topics for you, and you guys can call in 414-799-1250, or you can tweet us at 1250 in the fan. We'll kind of rehash some of the stuff that we were talking about before if you're if you're just tuning in right now. But really, not a lot of whole questions for you, but just a bunch of topics that if you guys want to call in and, and talk about, feel free to. One was just, we were just talking about this Brewers three-game series against the Blue Jays. So that's one for you, another lane for you. Usually, like, they always do, like, right lane. They try to make this, like, a racing thing. Like, okay. right lane, left lane, return lane. <laughs> but me, I don't know which one's which, so just say whatever topic you want to call in about. <laughs> our second one was really our topic for the show today. It was talking about, you know, Woodruff coming back. Uh, for the first game against the Tampa Bay Rays, and then Ashby hopefully at the end of the month. 
just when you're talking about this Brewers team, big picture, how crucial is a healthy starting five for the Brewers? So that's your either left lane, right lane, whatever you want to call it. That's your second topic of the day. Also, today was the anniversary of the day that the Bucks drafted Yasu Dedekumpo, 15th overall in 2013. So just kind of talking about some of your favorite Giannis memories, stuff like that, if you want to. Um, also, we always leave it open on pickle lane. If you want to, if we missed a pick in draft mockery that you thought we should have, you know, talked about or stuff like that, today you might have to, you know, check yourself before you speak. But if you want to do that, that's that's always an option too. So those are your lanes today for pickle lane. We'll kind of get back into what we were talking about earlier in the show in case you're just tuning in right now about the Brewers. There it is. So the the topics of the day, and and again, a fairly busy day as the Brewers go to Tampa tomorrow. Uh, they will face the Rays in the shortest two-game series in baseball history, Tuesday night, Wednesday, like morning, and then they're out. Uh, and then, of course, the uh, Bucks coming off of their draft and celebrating anniversary number nine of that pick of Giannis Adetokounmpo. That was, man, the, the eras of that career still just amaze me because there was early skinny Giannis when the Bucks were winning 15 games a season. There was patience, exercise there, and, man, when that, that switch flipped, it flipped. Uh, you know, you had the, the first playoff series win since 2001 and then uh, the first title since 1971. And it's been something. Do you remember like your first Giannis memory of like watching him play? Because when I remember watching him on draft night, the few highlights that they had, I remember they showed one of him just blocking a shot and then going coast to coast. And he still had it. And even when he was like a twig and all that, he would you know, just take two steps and then dunk it or Euro step, whatever. So yeah. I saw that and I was like, oh man, I know he's a project and he can't shoot, but if he can do that, he's going to be a problem. And I think it was his rookie year. It was a game against the Boston Celtics at the Bradley Center at the time. And I was sitting like damn near in the first bowl, a couple of rows behind the bench and all that. And he did just that, you know, being the skinny guy that he was at the time. And now just to see him do it, you know, how, how strong and big he is nowadays. And he's just, he's, He's literally getting in trouble in games and trying not to foul out because he's so strong now. Right. So to come from that and to be the player that he is now, it's just, it's just incredible. And then you add in the story, the guy that he is, all of his brothers. He has his own shoe. He's won a championship. He's a finals MVP, back-to-back MVP. It's just everything about him is just insane. We, we had a rule early on uh, in, in Giannis's career at, uh, at CBS 58. We, you know, the Bucks were a 15-win team. In those early days, they went from they went from okay to really bad to fantastic as they are now. And so there was a, there was a rule of things. If the Bucks were playing a game, who you know who cares the opponent? But any random night, if they were playing a game, my rule was I would show two plays, and usually two I would show two highlights. And usually the two highlights were the leading scorer for the Bucks. And then some play from the other team as we're showing the score of the game because they would lose by 30. So it was every night, every single night was like this. Wow, look at look at young Giannis Antetokounmpo. What a you know this, as you say this you know this Eurostep going to the basket doing whatever. Yeah, he led the Bucks with 16, but they lose 136-98 oh, to Portland or to Utah or to Denver or whatever. And and we you had to show highlights. Like I'm not going to not show highlights. But it was such a, like, you couldn't touch on it for long because it was so bad that it averaged about 15, 16 seconds a pop. So literally in the middle of a sportscast, it'd be like, oh, the Bucks played and they lost. Okay, now. Yeah. And we did that for a couple of years. 
and it just that's so funny that that's that was in this generation when that happened. Those those were the end of the dark times. Yeah, you know, as a Bucks fan, even like a couple of years probably after that, once he got drafted, and when they were trying to you know pretty much tank without saying they were tanking for Jabari. Yep. Just man, the the amount of wins that they totaled then it was I believe it was eighteen, right? Was it eighteen? Yeah, that sounds right. Sounds around that ballpark, but yeah, I mean just. To come from that being the last story that you want to talk about, and like even back then too, I wasn't working on the fan at the time, but I know like national shows too, if a team's that bad in their local market, they won't bother touching on it. They don't want it, but they have to. But now, I mean, the Packers, the the rule on the fan here from our old boss, Tom Parker, Mm -hmm. he said the Packers rule about talking about them on the station is that the Packers rule. Right. So it doesn't matter. At what point you are in any season in baseball, basketball, if you want to talk Packers, people will tune in and listen. But now we're in this like golden age of Wisconsin sports where the Bucks, you can talk about them and are boom, phone lines light up, Twitter lights up. It's just crazy how, you know, everybody loves Bucks basketball. And you see that in the Deer District, especially too. Yeah, that's the other thing, is it it's it's not just a fan event, it's an event event. It's something that happens at the arena and outside the arena with the fan support. I mean, it's it's great and and it is a, really a golden age in terms of of local sports because that that debate that you guys were having, we were having too. My the one I remember is 2011. The Brewers are making a run to the postseason. They're going to win the division. They're going to win the Central in September. And the Packers are underway coming off their Super Bowl. And it's the first couple of weeks of the Packers season. And it's winnable games. But no matter what you led with, no matter what you started your show with, that's our that's our TV term, whatever you lead with, uh, they you would you would catch flack for it. Like, why are you guys why are you guys talking about the Brewers to start your show? The Packers played, you know, this Sunday in week two and it's Tuesday. And it was big enough that the Packers playing some rando opponent in week two was as big or potentially bigger than the Brewers winning the Central, which was a, such a rarity at the time, yeah. and making the postseason. That tells you the pull that the Packers have. And now you almost can't go wrong. You have plenty of Brewers fans. Of course you have Packers fans. You always, I mean, that's still always a thing. But the Bucks, not they don't just have a seat at the table. They're equal footing. Right. I, I almost feel bad like when we don't touch on all three, te- all three major sports teams in the state here. Right. So I feel like, you know, if we talk – like today, we talk a lot about Bucks and you know Brewers and all that, but we still have Aaron Rodgers for a couple more years. Right. So you can't just let that go by the wayside. So anytime we like don't talk about Aaron Rodgers, I feel like we're doing a disservice. But yeah, it's it's just it's just crazy. I mean, right now you're looking at at uh, this situation with Christian Watson and Sammy Watkins, and you know you you don't know what the receiving core really is going to look like outside of some of the the lesser names that you know have been there before. I mean, I don't want to call Alan Lazard a lesser name, but uh, it's the the receiving core situation is as weird as it has been. I don't know, maybe in Aaron Rodgers' time with the Green Bay Packers as a, as a starting quarterback, but in what we're approaching fifteen years of that, it's probably as weird as it's ever been. And this team still has a chance to do some really, really big things, mostly because finally they have a running game, which they didn't have for all those years, and their defense has that feel, depending on how young guys pan out, it has that feel of a top-end, possibly elite-level defense. They, they're they going to be tough in the interior. Their secondary has become one of the best in the league. Jair Alexander has been a big part of that. 
And these guys are getting rewarded with contracts as the Packers keep turning over spots on the roster. So anyway, the, the point is that sort of conversation, a team with Aaron Rodgers that has so many other strong spots, normally in a normal, and I call normal, like say five, six, seven years ago, would have dominated even this time of the year on the airwaves. In June, all anyone would have talked about is how those rookies are fitting in on the Packers you know, front line on defense in the in the linebacking core. How strong the secondary is. We would be breaking down positions. I mean, that would have been literally the only topic of conversation. But having success across all three sports has made it. It's 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 an embarrassment of riches. It it's really is wonderful. Yeah, compared to like I think about like other states too. I mean, look, Rami's now in Sacramento. He's got they got what the Kings, yeah, the Oakland A's. And, you know, they still have some leftover Oakland Raiders fans that are now now the team's in Las Vegas. So just think about, like, you know, listen, even, like, just as a fan, the way you consume, like, all three of those teams stacked up against just that market alone. <laughs> he would be like, hey, you remember that Kings team three years ago? And everybody glares at him, don't talk about that. Right. I mean, we're talking about, you know, the number four pick in the NBA draft. So, yeah, just like you said, an embarrassment of riches. 414-799-1250. Let's get out to the phone lines. Let's go to Ram on the north side. Ram, you're on the afternoon show. What's up? Hey, how you doing? Good job, Kevin. Thank I have a you. question to ask well, both of you. Um, is it uh, or is it permissible, like maybe having segments to cover uh, sports players that have Wisconsin ties, such as they go to high school here? Oh, you I love know, it. Like, um, um, I, that's something I think a lot of the fan base like to see, no matter if they play for our local teams, because I'm only going to say that I'm older than both of you guys. And I can remember when I was in high school, the only, like, the only player I could think of, like, for basketball was, like, Jim Jones. And he was, like, towards the end of his career. He, yeah. he was with the Lakers. And then uh, as I got in the door, it was Terry Porter. And then, but, like, now, I mean, just in basketball, we got, now we have, like, four guys just, like, a little bit younger, they younger than you guys. They're all in the NBA. I mean, that's I think that's major, uh, and not counting, uh, you know, like the you guys, uh, Zach Bond played it at Brown Deer, and I think sometimes the people who turn on the news, they you know, they probably want to hear that, you know, like especially if they come in town, you know, maybe talk to them, see how they're doing, what's going on with them, and stuff like that, and especially for the young fan base. No, especially like the people that's in high school. What do you think about that? I think that's a great idea, Ram. And here's the truth. Uh, you have not just guys that are established in the league with Wisconsin ties, because they do exist, Kevon Looney and Jordan Poole and so on, but you also have a, an incredible crop of guys who were taken in this draft this year. Right. Several guys that had some sort of tie. Abaji had a tie. He's from Milwaukee originally. Right. You had a couple right. of guys who went to high school here. I look, I think I think that's a wonderful thing when in the T V side, when we go to build segments out, we have kind of a running list of those guys. Remember in baseball, right now, right. Gavin Lux with the Dodgers and Jared Kelnick with the Mariners are two very young players who are from here. And that's baseball. That's that right. it says a lot. Yeah, the the amount of just sports product produced in terms of athletes right now that has to be about as good as it's been and to his point kevin i think or to his point ram i think um it's becoming more normal like players from wisconsin in these major sports now because back in the day all i could think about like current players back in the day was like craig council from wisconsin right and now we have like three guys on the golden state warriors or at least in their system that are from milwaukee alone and on top I, i just feel like we're like we have an embarrassment of riches in these sports teams. I feel like we have well, an embarrassment well, well, of riches. I, in- I say this. 
I say this, don't forget, I'm, I won't throw nobody on the bus. We did have John Johnson from Mesmer High School with Freddie Brown. Yeah, I mean, that, like, there's a bunch I'm forgetting. So, yeah, 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 but, you know, it was a big gap. That's all I was trying to say. Right, oh, right. for sure. It was a large gap. Yeah, it's 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 improved uh, quite a bit, and, and we're back in that golden era for sure. Appreciate the phone call, Ram. 414-799-1250. Let's go out to Nate in the north side. Nate, you're on the fan. What's good, guys? Um, for me, uh, I was talking to Tim yesterday on, on the post-game show, and I was just saying uh, me and him have both uh, been on the point about the Brewers need to be more aggressive as far as hitting earlier in the counts, um, stealing bases, um, bunting, um, so I just feel like that's the recipe for the Brewers to be successful. You have a great you have a great rotation um, when your guys are healthy, uh, starting and bullpen. All you need to do is to provide the runs. I'm not saying um, bunt or I'm not saying steal bases when it's unnecessary. But earlier in the game, when a pitcher is when a pitcher is just getting on the mound. Go at him right away, you know. Put the ball in play and make these defenses um, play defense. That's what they're out there for. When it seemed like, especially during the losing streak, they were just hitting the ball to the outfielders and the the infielders were just sitting there popping seeds in their mouth and chewing bubble gum, enjoying not having to do nothing. Make these guys play uh, play the game. And for another thing, um, when you get it, when you get it to the back end, you you if you get it for me, if you get it to the seventh, you have a good you have a really good chance of of winning the game. If you get it to the eighth, it's almost a for sure thing. If you get it to the ninth and you have the lead, it's it's as good as a sure thing. So that's all you need to do is this: you need to get it, you need to get it there. But your the recipe for this this team is not home runs and triples and doubles. The recipe for me is, I think, being aggressive and manufacturing runs. That that second inning of that game yesterday, thanks for the call, that second inning was a perfect example, and Tim talked about that earlier in the hour, or last hour, how when the Brewers did this in combination, there was Peterson with the bunt that turned into a base hit. There were two steals in that inning. They were taking advantage of Alejandro Kirk, who's a young catcher who can hit, but clearly is uh, needing a little work on controlling the running game, and they they identified that and worked with it. And, it, yeah, it couldn't have worked any better. That helped them open up a five-run inning, and five by itself was enough to win the game yesterday. They didn't have to worry about seven, eight, nine. They just scored five, and that was it. It was done. The entire pitching staff took care of the rest. We've got more. We'll continue with Pick a Lane next on The Fan. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? 
Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Afternoon show. The Fan Afternoon Show. Thanks for joining us. This show brought to you in part by News Nation. Want the news without the noise? News Nation is news for all of America. Reporting all sides, no spin and no agendas. Go to newsnationnow.com slash join us to find News Nation on your television provider. Our provider of great Bucks content week after week is Eric Name, the Milwaukee Bucks beat reporter for The Athletic. Twitter at Eric underscore name, N-E-H-M. And he joins us right now. Eric, what's going on, man? Oh, not too much. Just uh, enjoying a, a beautiful June afternoon. It's, I mean, honestly, it's great. I think, I think, if they let us do the show outside, we would do it. It's just that our papers would blow away. You know, <laughs> yeah, it would be a problem. I got a lot of, you know, a lot of paperwork here. They, they, notes all over the place. This thing, we'd be just peppering the streets with these white pieces of paper. Uh, <laughs> Eric, this has been, uh, it, it's really interesting, and you've been around to, uh, long enough to remember when the draft for the Bucks was a completely different animal. But this animal involved grabbing what appeared to be, Look, it's it, it's not someone to fill quote a position of need and march on uh, Bochamp. It is it's somebody that they think could develop into a type of player, and it's interesting that th- this is where the Bucks are. That there isn't th- the the idea behind filling a positional based hole is kind of gone, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, it's I guess it starts with the fact that the Bucks even used the pick right in in previous years uh, as the Bucks have gotten better and contended more for championships it's been okay well let's see if we can move this pick and get an actual player or let's move this pick and see if we can clean up our cap space so that we can sign our you know real nba players and instead this year they don't make a trade and go out there and draft a a younger kid that uh you know still has some room to grow uh still has you know a number of skills that are a little bit undeveloped and you know, is going to need some time to grow into his body and a chance to grow into his skills and really develop here at the next level. So uh, it is interesting to, to see that the Bucks feel confident enough in, you know, their top seven or so players where they don't feel like they need to, to really go out there and draft someone that, you know, has one definable skill that it's where, you know, in previous years, in the second round, they're trying to figure out, all right, well, all we can do around Giannis is draft shooting. We need shooters. And Marjan Beauchamp, thus far, not a shooter. He's he's someone that's going to bring it on the defensive end. He's got big, broad shoulders, six foot six, seven two wingspan. Uh, the hope is that he can defend from day one. Uh, but offensively, still has a lot of room to grow. So it's kind of exciting that the Bucks actually can go out and draft someone like this and are in the position where, where they have, you know, they're afforded that opportunity. Two signs of the modern times for the Bucks, and that's one, that selection and that, that uh, background behind the selection. The other is the return of Pat Connaughton on a deal that I think a lot of people believe, and I think they're mm-hmm. right, that there's less money than he could have received elsewhere because of the situation. And, and again, you go back not terribly long ago, seven, eight years or whatever, that would not happen uh, really to anybody. But the fact that Pat Connaughton took one year and this amount of money and decided to stay, again, the comfort level, it's just, it's a different world now. 
Yeah, in the past, you knew you were going to have to overpay to get guys to to come to Milwaukee. You know, you think of Bobby Simmons back in the day, uh, and what the Bucks had to pay him to to try to come in and you know fill a very serious role. And now it's to a spot where we've seen back to back summers where uh, you know last year Bobby Portis decided to opt in instead of opt out, and he probably left a little bit of money on the table. And this year you see uh, Pat Connaughton uh, opt in instead of opt out. And, again, this is a situation where at this point in, in Connaughton's career, uh, there used to be questions about whether or not he could shoot it well enough, whether or not he could hold up defensively. Uh, and now, you know, through the last two postseasons, he's one of the most trustworthy players that they have. You know that – every night in the playoffs, you can bring Pat Connaughton in and play him 25 to 30 minutes, and he's going to give you good minutes, he's going to hit shots, and he's going to be able to defend, he's going to rebound. And it, it is really, for the Bucks uh, a sign of the times, like you said, and also just a really nice luxury to have. Uh, if, if you think about what Pat might have been able to get paid, uh, it's probably, you know, another two or three more million, and with the way that the Bucks are uh, already in the luxury tax and how deep they are into the luxury tax, that's ultimately probably saving the organization almost ten or twelve million. Like it's it's kind of crazy to think of you know just the the deal that they're getting. And obviously going forward, there's probably going to be a spot where Pat does get an extension, and it is going to be for more money. But for right now, it's it's a pretty nice favor for the team that they can keep them around at a lower number. Uh, and keep themselves from going quite as deep into the into the luxury tax. Eric Name, the Bucks beat reporter for the Athletic, joining us here on the Fan Afternoon Show. Eric, the, we've had a month, a little more than a month, to process Game Seven loss in Boston and and the end of just a tough physical series. And I want to get your thoughts about the mindset of where this particular Bucks team would take a loss like that. And what I mean is, there are teams, young teams, up and coming teams that will get a loss like that in a game 7 and it spins the franchise backward it actually you know it causes trouble in the mindset in, in big games and that sort of thing the fact that the bucks have had so much success including the championship everything else do you see any risk at all of of any sort of backward spin off that game 7 or is this just reload remember the good times from 2021 and get back at it I mean, I think, interestingly enough, uh, this is such a mature team that uh, it's not remember the good times in 2021, it's remember losing in 2022, mm-hmm. that they can actually use that for motivation. They can, you know, sit here and think about the fact that they're going to have their first real off season in three seasons. Uh, they're actually going to be able to have, you know, I think it's something like five months from, you know, when they lost to when they're officially going to get back on the floor again like they haven't had that opportunity here in a while and uh, i think with all those guys especially chris middleton a guy that was injured in that series and and wasn't able to play i think all of them kind of come back more motivated and more ready to prove to people that you know that was a bit of a fluke with the injury luck that they had that if chris middleton played they would have beat the Celtics and they would have beat the Heat and they would have gone to the NBA Finals. And who knows, maybe they, they don't end up being the Warriors. But I do think this is a mature enough group that they can use that loss as, as real motivation and, and not need to just forget it. They can actually use it. So this is 
season nine or, or anniversary nine of of that that day, the day that began modern Bucks history with the drafting of Giannis. I don't know if you've had a chance to see Rise. I'll tell you, I have not. So please don't feel bad if you haven't, because you know we. You're a beat writer. You get busy. Things happen. But if you have, I want to get your your thoughts about Rise, the Giannis movie. Uh, no, I haven't gotten to watch it yet, but I've received a number of text messages. Uh, you know, so I understand that. Uh, hopefully, this isn't too big of a spoiler. That you know, essentially, what you're going to be seeing is uh, the story of kind of when the Adetokumbo family uh, immigrated to Greece, and then. Uh, all the way up to draft night and, and kind of hear that part of the story. And, and I do think uh, just knowing the story that they're going to tell, I, I think it's really interesting to think about all the things that went into the Bucks being the team that end up drafting Giannis. Uh, the Hawks throughout that process thought they were the only ones, uh, you know, that had Giannis. You, you hear about them sneaking Giannis in and out of the of of Atlanta, which is a tough thing to do. But you know, sneak him in and out of the arena, in and in and out of the practice facility, making sure that no one knew that they had this kid out there. And then on draft night, um, you know, I remember talking to Bud about this a few years ago. Bud was like, uh, "Yeah, there was a lot of cursing in our draft room in Atlanta because we thought we had him. We thought he was coming to us, and no one else knew about him. And then a few picks before." he's gone. And to me, I just think it's, it's always amazing to reflect on just kind of where uh, the Atetokumbo family came from. And, you know, specifically with Giannis and Thanasis, like those two guys splitting a single pair of shoes in practices and games. Like if one comes out, then the other one can play because they have to share a single pair of shoes. Like it's just, it's just amazing to think about where they were, what they came from and now just how good Giannis has become where, you know, you're looking at a two-time MVP, a finals MVP, an NBA champion, and arguably the, the best player on the planet for the last couple of seasons in the NBA. So it, it is just an amazing story. And uh, everything I've heard about it is people need to watch it. And I'm looking forward to doing so this week. You know, we love playing the what if game and, and we know what Giannis's career has meant to him, to his family, and to, to watch that whole thing develop. So let's say the positions were reversed on draft night and Atlanta was in that spot and Atlanta gets him. And, you know, instead the Bucks end up with someone else, someone that, you know, that washes away over over a couple of years. What happens to the franchise? What what do you see in the what-if machine there? Man, it's it's really tough to, to think about. I'm – you know, I still think new ownership probably comes in and still buys the team, so – the team. I don't want to go full doomsday and say you know that the team ends up leaving Milwaukee or anything like that. Uh, but I do think the franchise is in a very different spot. You're you're going to have probably a lot more pressure put onto Jabari Parker. Uh, you're going to have the Bucks in a position where they feel like they need to you know continue to extend him and build the franchise around him, and that would be a really rough place to go just because of the injuries that Jabari suffered throughout his career. And, uh, you know, it's, it's probably, you know, I can't imagine the 50 year drought ended, uh, last season. I think that drought would still be going on. And, you know, you think maybe a couple of different coaches come through. It really is kind of amazing to think, uh, what hitting on that meant to this franchise and where it has put them. The story continues, and you get a chance to see it every day. Eric Name, we appreciate everything. Thanks for joining us today.
Absolutely. Thanks for having me. Eric Name, the Milwaukee Bucks beat reporter for The Athletic, Twitter at Eric underscore name, N-E-H-M. And he joined us on the Great Midwest Bank Hotline for applying for a home renovation loan. Has you feeling anxious? Just breathe. And let Great Midwest Bank help you experience a state of banquility. Get started at greatmidwestbank.com today. I'm going to meditate on some banquility, and we'll wrap up the fan afternoon show in a moment. One pitch. Crosses up the catcher to the plate. Almost leads. The fan afternoon show, that that you just heard, was a call of a wild pitch uh, in the College World Series on ESPN. Uh, The Ole Miss Rebels, the champions of college baseball, it's significant because they were the last team in. They were one of the last teams into the field. It would be the equivalent of a play-in game in in the basketball NCAA tournament winning the title. Like it was that significant. They were, they were at one time the number one team in the country. They fell all the way down to one of the last teams, and they might have been the last team in. And then they won it all. So from one to the almost the bottom, and then back to number one. So that was an incredible thing. They beat Oklahoma, swept them uh, two, in two straight to win that championship. Mike Bianco, the head coach of Ole Miss, uh, actually covered him in his first year at Ole Miss. Really? I was working in Mississippi at that time. Dude, he was, if they had a 6.30 game, this is not a lie, if they had a 6.30 game, he would come outside the stadium and do a live interview with us at 6.22. Eight wow. minutes to game. So He was crazy. I loved him. This this uh, college baseball playoffs this year, I feel like, and I didn't really, I'm going to be honest, I, I heard about that happening this year. I didn't see it, but I haven't watched like many of the games. We would have it on here at the studio if games were on. But I feel like this year, more than any other year in recent memory, was like one of the most chaotic college baseball playoffs that I can remember. Tennessee gets knocked out. Yeah. Uh, Stanford, the two seed, didn't win at all in, in Omaha. They got there, but they were two in barbecue. Wow. It's It was it was a wild thing. And I know this because a buddy of mine and I, because we're degenerates like, like you guys here, <laughs> we took the eight-team field and split it in half. And I got Ole Miss because my wife went to Ole Miss. That's the only reason I got them. <laughs> My wife is so happy. Her Rebels never won a championship before in baseball before now. Wow. I'm gonna make it I'm gonna make a promise to myself to watch college, you know, baseball, at least the playoffs next year. It's because it's I, electric. Yeah, I mean if stuff like that's happening to win it. Yeah. I mean that's that, there's one thing about like, you know, hitting a buzzer beater in basketball to win like an NCAA championship or stuff like that. But that's 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 chaos. You know, to win athletes. It. Right. Yeah. So I'm going to make a promise to watch that next year because I feel like I missed out on some very entertaining baseball Yeah. This these past couple of weeks. You may not know the names just because they're not like nationally known, most of them. Right. But, but the, the level of play is very good. The teams are very good. And the stuff that goes on in the tournament is insane. Speaking of insane. Yes. In the majors. Oh, yeah. That was insane what yesterday. What happened yesterday between the Angels and Mariners if you guys didn't hear, we have the audio. There was a brawl yesterday, uh, and it wasn't just your typical, hey, you know, back off, get, hold me back, hold me. This was literally a brawl. And he just hit Winker with the first pitch. Scott Service is calling for him to be thrown out of the game. And Winker, Winker's trying to get towards Phil Nevin. And the Angels, and the benches have cleared. And Justin Upton comes in. And we have chaos. Bullpen's coming in now.
can't remember the last time we have seen one of these with the Angels and an opposing team, and it's not done. It is not done. Highlight courtesy of Bally Sports. That was, you know, usually in today's baseball, you get a brawl. It's 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 like a lot of like fake shoving and like a lot of tough guys like hold me back. Hold me. The brawl itself is more of a statement than anything. This was a legit punches were being thrown. Mm-hmm. Jesse Winker, who I think did the right thing. He didn't go at the pitcher for hitting him. He went at the manager right. because that was definitely intentional. And then, as you heard, Jesse Winker was throwing punches. It de-escalated, and then it re-escalated. You had like a mini, a second brawl. Then you had the bullpens come in, which is one of the weirdest things in all of sports. Yeah. Where why don't they just like fight each other in the outfield? But no, they have to run all the way to the field and then try to break it up. <laughs> I mean, on top of that too, I don't know if you saw Rasiel Rasiel Iglesias, the Angels uh, closer. I don't know if this was before or after. We might talk about this more tomorrow because apparently there's a whole story with Jesse Winker when he got ejected about like some pizza delivery person and all that. I got to read the story, so maybe we'll talk about it tomorrow. But Rasiel Iglesias threw a whole, like, the box of, like, sunflower seeds. Oh, yeah. That they have in, like, the dugouts for the players and all that. This dude threw, like, it's literally probably like 12 packets of sunflower seeds. It was a good throw. It made a damn near to the pitcher's mouth. Right? Right. Just one of the, I, you know those John Boy media breakdowns and all yeah, that? Yeah. I cannot wait for the John Boy breakdown of this brawl. <laughs> it's coming. Because there's so many funny things. Well, for one, Winker and Iglesias were teammates in Cincinnati. So oh, my yeah, guess right. is there may be a little blood there. I don't know. Yeah. But then the other half is you're talking about the bullpens. They ran in because in, in Anaheim, those two bullpens are on the same side of the field. So they ran in just sort of like in two lines. Like if you watch the bullpens run into the fight, they're the different color jerseys are running side by side. And what's the rule? Like you said, like, like, okay, you and I, let's, let's go running in there as members of different teams. And then when we get there, we'll be all angry, you know? Yeah. It's, I've heard from like other players and coaches that the brawls, like after it first happens, like it's a lot of guys just like pushing guys, trying to get them back to the dugout and all that, trying to look like they're still fighting, but not doing it. Winker was, Winker was legitimately hot. Punches, you got to zoom in on this on the video of the brawl. Winker is throwing punches. I don't know the other players, but there's like three to four different like mini brawls within this one. So just crazy between the Mariners and Angels yesterday. One of the more, I don't, you know, you never root for violence and all that, yeah. but if you're going to have a brawl, have a brawl. Make it make it count. And that was definitely one of them. So just crazy what happened yesterday in baseball. And then um, we didn't really talk about this beforehand, Kevin, but I wanted to get your thoughts on it. Yeah. Um, did you hear about Jackie Bradley Jr.? Oh, there's is he getting he's getting like a vision check or something like he did. that? Isn't he? Oh, he did. He got his eyes checked with the Boston Red Sox, and apparently he needed a contact in one of his eyes. In one. Yeah. And now he's wearing like you know the goggles to make sure you know if he gets hit the contact doesn't fall out. But since then, he was slashing last I checked in a certain amount of games, like 15 games or so, like 280. So it's just crazy to think about. You know, I'm sure Brewers fans they hear that and they get really salty about it. But it makes you think like, you know, the Brewers have an optometrist. Is that all it took for Jackie Bradley Jr.? Because we knew like guy was the ALCS MVP at one point. Right. He wasn't that bad of a player. He right. just had a bad year. Sometimes it happens when you go to a new location and all that. But I don't know. Like for me, that made me salty. But I'm like at the same time like good for JBJ. Yeah. Because I got a lot of respect for the guy before he became a Brewer. Yeah. And I'm sure a lot. Of, we did a draft mockery of least favorite brewers of all, like most hated brewers, like the Gary Sheffields and stuff like that. And Tim Allen drafted Jackie Bradley Jr. on his team because he had that bad of a season. 
Yeah, I mean, he was. Yeah, that that, that was in terms of expectation versus result. It was terrible. He was way under two hundred all year, and and yeah, it's that is interesting that if that's all it took, like if someone here had said, hey. Read that, yeah. read that chart over there, you know? it's. I think it's the one thing, it's on the player like to admit that, like, okay, maybe I should get my eyes checked out. And, and as you know, vision of a ball player is such a sharp, precise thing. Like, it's in the major leagues, the vision to see pitches and movement and that kind of thing. It's like you have to know, like, any sort of minor, tiny little adjustment, that kind of thing. By the way, uh, they, um, the, the, uh, the brawl, I don't know, I was thinking for a second, the brawl between yeah. the Angels and Mariners has got to be one of the topics that they'll talk about on uh, on Big Time Baseball, the 2400 Sports MLB uh, coverage with Big Time Baseball. Cody Decker, Tony Gwynn Jr., MLB insider John Heyman sit down every week to cover all the moving parts of Major League Baseball on the field in the clubhouse and the front office. These guys have you covered with complete breakdowns of every team and individual player worth noting on a week-to-week basis. So make sure you keep an eye out for new episodes of Big Time Baseball every Monday wherever you find your favorite podcast. I wanted to sneak that in there because no, you smooth. know they're talking Angels Mariners. Yeah, for sure. I mean, like I said, that's going to be one where I'm sure, like I said, we'll talk about this probably a little more tomorrow because I saw a snippet of an article that was written after the game something and I'm going to kind of paraphrase what I saw and I'll read more about it and we'll have it for you tomorrow on the fan afternoon show but apparently when Jesse Winker got ejected he went back into the clubhouse right who by the way we didn't even mention Jesse Winker going back to the clubhouse gives the Angels fans the double bird too just right in front of everybody and you can see like a lot of Angels fans are like oh yeah real classy so Winker has also given fans the double bird too on the way out. Just absolute chaos everywhere in this brawl. But um, apparently something happened when he got ejected and went back into clubhouse. Apparently, I think he ordered a pizza, and something happened between him and the delivery person that it was apparently a good, you know, uh, interaction oh, or whatever. Okay. Something really good came out of it. So a cool story that we'll probably talk about a little more tomorrow. That's so. Wait, there's so many layers to this. There may be a book one day on the Angels Mariners brawl. That's. That's completely nuts, man. And who would have thought those two uh, those two teams, you know? Wait, who's that? This is going to be our closing music, Evan, or Kevin. Uh, 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 uh. I want to join the scrub a duck scrub club. Tim Shea with mastery here. I was like, you know what? Every show has like their closing music and all that. I want to make it, you know, special. Still have a little bit of fun on the way out, you know, today and all that. So I figured, why not? This is our own Tim Shea singing Scrub a Dub for the Bart Winkler show. I want to go to Scrub a Dub. To join the Scrub a Dub Scrub Club, <laughs> hard to say, easy to use. Big hit. Sign up at Scrub a Dub. Dup is. He gets so excited when he says Dup is. Oh man, we're gonna have a lot of fun with Tim Shea later on this week with Draft Mockery too and all that. But that's gonna do it for the Fan Afternoon Show. We'll talk to you guys tomorrow from three to six. Tomorrow we'll be joined by Vinny Rotino of Bally Sports Wisconsin and Locked On Brewers at four o'clock. We'll talk about Brewers Rays as well as this last homestand and Brandon Woodruff returning as well. Also, will be joined by Bart Winkler of the Bart Winkler Show, obviously. Tuesdays with Bart is what we call him. <laughs> Tuesdays with Winkler. We'll talk with him tomorrow, and we'll do some draft mockery. Till then, for Kevin Holden and myself, Sam Schmitz, we'll talk to you tomorrow. Have a good one. I want to join the Scrub-A-Dub Scrub Club. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network, from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. 
and great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular-season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.